0: Welcome everybody. Welcome to God Squad Church. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here. Whether you're watching right now live on Twitch, Kick, Facebook, YouTube, maybe you're watching on a VOD in the future or a future uh, YouTube, maybe you're listening on one of our multiple different areas like Spotify or something of that nature. We want to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was. I was. I, I I talked about this sermon with a couple people this week that uh, I'm gonna be preaching today. And I'm not gonna lie, uh, I had a really difficult time writing this sermon. Uh, I was going through it this week. I actually looked at it last week, and God brought my heart into a different direction. As if you guys were here last week, you know, we jumped out of the book of Luke, right? have been in the series of Luke for a very long time. We jumped out of the book of Luke. We went into the book of Romans for a little bit, and that's where God had put on my heart. But this week, he, he led me back to these verses, and I'm not going to lie. I was hoping that he wouldn't lead me back to these verses for this week because I really struggled with some of it. Um, not necessarily struggling with understanding of it, but just certain things that I was— trying to figure out and how can we apply it to our lives and things of that nature and so um i hope that it is a blessing unto you today and i do believe that the words that we have that this is coming from god i truly believe that um because i'll I'll tell you uh, god continues to work in my heart um and he continues to help me to be able to do what what we do uh like like we talk about our talents and our gifts and things like that we couldn't do any of those things without god by our sides, and so today, um, we're—I've uh, actually entitled by, uh, my entitled the sermon "The Head Servant's Heart." The Head Servant's Heart. We're going to be talking about another parable that jesus gives here luke is full of parables right and we'll talk about that in a little bit but luke has just a ton of parables and we've been doing parable after parable as we've been going through some of the chapters and so today we're going to be we're going to be uh jumping into luke chapter 12 41 through 48 and just a little bit um but really the big idea that i want to get out today is that we're servants but i want to talk about what type of servant we're going to be and then finally with what you've been given, are you actually ready to give? Are you ready to step out and to be able to give what you uh, what you're expected to give? And so, before we get into that, I want you guys to put in a seven, put a seven in chat if you've ever heard the term Elo ever. Elo. If you're a gamer, you've probably heard the term Elo. Uh, Elo is a very interesting system. Uh, you hear it in Overwatch. You hear it actually in chess, which is where it originated. You hear it in Call of Duty. Uh, you could probably hear about it in League of Legends, team fight tactics. It, it, it's this. It's this. It's basically the bane of most people's existence. At least it's the bane of my own existence, right? It's the one thing that stands between you and your best friend being able to play with you, uh, being able to play with each, uh, each other, because your friend is a little bit better than you. Or maybe you're a little bit better than them. Because of the ELO system, you can't play ranked games with your best friend a lot of time. It's the one thing that can make you leap for joy as you're promoted to the next level or to the next tier. But it can also bring you to tears as you recognize that your platinum tier is go- has gone to down to silver with one swift kick as the season changes, which has happened many times, I'm sure, to all of us. You get kicked down a level or a tier or two because the season's changing or whatever that might look like. It is actually, in some games, one of the worst systems that I've ever seen in my entire life. But I was interested this week in where the term ELO actually came from. I was like, what does this actually stand for? I had no idea what ELO stood for or what it doesn't actually stand for anything. Here's where the term ELO came from. The ELO rating system is a method for calculating the relative skill levels of players in zero-sum games, such as chess, which is where it originated. It's actually named after its creator, Arpad ELO, a Hungarian-American physics professor. So there you go. That's where the term ELO comes from. So how it still is alive and working today in the year of 2024 and such a popular term for gamers, I'm not really too sure. But it started a long time ago, like back in the 30s, I think it was, when he came up with this this system of how to calculate people's play levels in chess. Our pad ELO over here, the grandmaster in chess, came up with this, this whole system, and we still use it today which is very, I thought that was very, very interesting. So there you go, that's where ELO came from. from. And essentially what ELO does is when you play well, when you win with your team, your rank will go up, which makes complete sense, right? If the opposite happens, if you play really badly or your team loses multiple times, it's going to go down. And pending on the game, obviously there's other factors that are in there, but that's that's the basic principle of what the ELO system does. And though I don't think this analogy is the perfect analogy for what we're going to talk about today, I do think it at least hits the point of people being promoted if they're doing their job right, or demoted if they're doing their job poorly, or even worse, you know, they're they're doing it wrong, or even worse than that, I guess they're just not doing their job at all. And so we're going to jump back into Luke today, like I said, we're going to continue through chapter 12. I've been realizing something as we've been going through this chapter, though. This chapter has been a parable after a parable after a parable. Like there there is a lot of people that are coming to see Jesus at this point. You got to remember there are people literally trampling over each other at the beginning of chapter 12 to see Jesus and to hear these stories. They can't get enough of these stories. They're watching him do miracles, they're hearing his teachings, they're listening to these stories. But a common theme in this chapter that we're starting to see now is every time somebody asks him a question he doesn't just give them a straight answer like a normal person would. He gives them a parable to teach them. He gives them an example to help them to understand. So Peter this time is uh, he's the interesting person that gets up and he questions Jesus. And you guessed it. Jesus, he goes into another parable, similar to the one that we talked about actually a few weeks ago. And so let's jump into the text today. We're going to read the whole entire text, Luke chapter 12, verses 41 through 48. And it says this, Lord, Peter asked, are you telling this parable to us? He's talking to us, to the disciples, or are you telling it to everyone? The Lord said, Who then is the faithful and sensible manager his master will put in charge of his household servants to give them their allotted food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. He will be promoted, essentially. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and starts to beat the male and female servants and eat and drink and get drunk, that servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him. And it gets a little graphic here. And it says, and an hour he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will and didn't prepare himself or do it will be severely beaten. But the one who did not know and did what deserved punishment, Punishment will receive a light beating. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be expected. And so the first thing that I want to talk about, the first thing that we need to know, the one thing that we need to put onto our hearts, we need to understand this, put it in our minds, is that we, if put this in the chat, we Are the servants? We are the servants. Listen, put this on. We need to remember this as humans. We have to remember that we are the servants because many times we will flip this around completely in our lives. I know that I have, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But man, we need to remember that we are the servants. We have a master. I want to take a look at the context of servants here in this day and age, though, because it was very different of how you might understand it today servants tended to get a wage during this time they had a place to live they had a wage they had promotions they had demotions they had food they had all these things essentially it was a job and the servant would serve their master right you could kind of look at it like like an employee who works for their boss right it's a different type of relationship but it has the same basic concept that we're talking about right now jesus here is specifically talking about head servants though. He's talking about the managers, is, is the way that this, the some of the, some of the um, some of the translations puts it. So head servants, managers, that's it's gonna be intertwined in this, but it would be those that would be in charge of the that, that are in charge of servants that are under them. These managers, like I said, other versions might say head servants, they've been promoted to a position where they were over others. They were doing something right. There's a reason why they've been promoted. And as servants of God, we have a job to do while we wait for Jesus to come back. No matter who you are, no matter what position you're in, no matter if you're a leader, a follower, someone who works on the media team, somebody who is a speaker, maybe you're a plumber, whatever you are, you are a servant of God first and foremost. First and foremost, you are a servant of God. So, the question would be, what are we supposed to do while we're waiting for Jesus to return? Because it's been a little bit, it's been a little while, right? The manager's job here, we see it's not something that's particularly flashy, right? What was the manager's job in this, in this, in this verse, in these verses? Feed people under him at the proper time. That was it. That was what that was the job that they had to do to feed the people at the proper time, at the allotted time that they were given, feed the people that are under you, feed the servants, right? But your gifts and the talents that we have, they're not meant to be flashy in a way where they point to us. They're not meant to be something super flashy for us our gifts that we have they're to point to something so much greater to uh, than us you're supposed to point to Christ they're supposed to point to Jesus all the gifts all the talents that we've given, been given we are blessed with these things that we have we're blessed with with what he has called us to do but it's not supposed to point to us it's supposed to point to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone and that's what we're supposed to be doing while we're waiting for him all of our gifts no matter who you are like i said They're all going to be different from each other, right? Some people are really good with media stuff. Some people are really good at administration. Some people are really good with singing. Some people are really good with just certain things that other people might not be good at. But the other person sitting there might be really good with people and greeting people and talking with people. Everybody has different gifts. We're all working together as the body of Christ. But if you're not using your gifts, I truly believe that you're not, you're not waiting for Christ in the right way. We need to be using our gifts for him, to be helping other people to come to know who Jesus is, to be worshiping God. The manager was called to feed the servants at a time as they waited for the master's arrival. So my question for you right now is, what are you called to do while we're waiting? And what have you been doing? Once we figure out that we are servants and we have that etched in our minds, we understand it. I think the question then becomes, what kind of servant will I be? Because there's, there's two different things going on here. There's two different types of managers, right? It's actually the same manager that Jesus is talking about. But the fact of the matter is it's two different mindsets, okay? The first and the first thought that this manager have, has is he's doing what he's asked to do. He's overseeing others, which he has been told to do. He is serving them, and he is waiting patiently for the arrival of his master. The second type, though, is quite different. His thought process has strayed from its original intent. you got to remember, this guy was promoted to this position. He knows what he's supposed to do. There was a reason why he was put in charge of other people, but his original intent and what he was originally doing has now gone off in a different direction. He says to himself, well, I've been doing this for a really, really long time, and he isn't back yet. The master isn't back yet. This is getting a little bit ridiculous. I'm done waiting. In the verses here, they get a bit graphic, like I said before. Without going into too much detail, basically, this way of thinking has turned this person from his tasks, from his responsibilities, from his gifts, the things that he's supposed to be doing, and he's given them over to his fleshly indulgences. He's now giving them over to something that he's not supposed to be doing, and he's taking all of those things that that he had, the tasks, the responsibilities, and his gifts, he's taking all those things away. Have you ever felt like this? I'm going to give you a little bit of a light example. Who here, put a seven in chat. Oh, this is good. Who put a seven in chat if you've ever been to Olive Garden? I know that I have been to Olive Garden before. I I, I love Olive Garden, okay? I, I haven't been there, honestly. And like, it, man, it's been like, four years now. Me and my wife, we used to go to Olive Garden every single Monday. We would go at 11 o'clock before the lunch rush would come in. We had our specific waiter. His name was Nick. This guy was absolutely amazing because of my wife's health conditions there were times that the owner would come out he would talk to us and he would actually make us the food he would come out with the food and say hey i made this for you i understand your health issues and things like that he would make everything completely fresh for us and guys let me tell you something let me tell you something bread sticks okay the bread stick if you If you have only been to Olive Garden after the year of, like, 2005, 2006, you have no idea what you missed out on. The breadsticks at Olive Garden in the early 2000s, late 1990s, chef's kiss. Okay, they were absolutely amazing. They were fresh. They were moist. It was amazing, right? The never-ending breadsticks. And, And they used to bring you out breadsticks by by the basket, right? You would think that Jesus was working there and that he was multiplying the bread because you'd be eating so many breadsticks while you're waiting for your food. You had the never-ending salad bowl, the never-ending breadsticks. And so while you're waiting for your food, you're getting a little bit impatient. You came because you're hungry. You're getting your iced tea refills or whatever it is, and you continue to eat breadsticks. Because that's what's in front of you. That's what's on the table in front of you. You keep eating them over and over because you're getting a little bit impatient. Now, I've done this more than once. The main course comes out. The main meal, spaghetti and meatballs, maybe maybe some chicken parm. And you look at it and you say, oh, it looks good, but I'm not really hungry anymore. I've now indulged on something completely different this entire time. I've now indulged on all of these breadsticks, which were delicious, but now I don't want the main course. Got a little bit impatient, right? It's a little bit of a lighter example, but I hope you understand it, right? From a more serious standpoint, we have a choice here. I'm not going to lie. It really does feel like sometimes that Jesus has been delayed in coming back. I mean th- think about it. Like there are times have you ever people maybe 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 I'm the only person that does this. I don't know. There are times that are so difficult in life. I'm literally sitting like at my window and I'm just waiting for the sky to just split open and Jesus just to come down because I'm like it's got to come soon. Th- this is this is unbearable sometimes. I don't know how much longer I feel like I can wait. Has anybody ever been there? Just like, you, you hear thunder outside, and you're hoping that instead of thunder, it's the trumpets announcing, announcing Jesus coming in. I, really, I honestly feel like this sometimes. I feel like it's been such a long time. It's been over 2,000 years that we've been told that Jesus is going to come back. When will it happen? But during this time of waiting, have you ever turned from what you are called to do and your responsibilities, and the gifts that you've been, been given, and you've allowed the worldly things into your life. I think we've all been there. We've become impatient people. I want you guys to hear this. Whatever you're doing right now, turn up your headsets, whatever you're listening on, turn up the volume. I want you to hear this, and this is going to be a little bit harsh, but this is something that I feel like God has told me many times, and I think it's something that we all need to hear. Every single time that we sin, every time that we sin, every time that we allow ourselves to fall into temptation, you are telling Jesus these words, you are not enough for me. Every, write it down, however you can remember this, remember this, every time we sin, you are telling Jesus, you are not enough for me. And you might be sitting there saying, well, that's that's a little bit harsh. I don't know if it's if it's really telling Jesus that he's not enough for me. Can we really go as far to say that? Think about it, though. Why do we sin? We're trying to fill our hearts with something that we feel like is missing. We're saying to Jesus, well, you satisfy these parts of my life, but there is this hole right here, this part that's not fully satisfied. And because it's not being satisfied in the way that I want you to satisfy it, I'm going to go and satisfy it myself. I'm going to go into the world. I'm going to take something from the world because I'm trying to fill this part because it might satisfy me because you haven't satisfied that part quite yet or quite the way that I want to. Jesus is more than enough. He is more than enough. He can satisfy every single piece of your life if you allow him to. But a lot of times, our fleshly desires come out. We want something else to fill that part of our life. And when we do that, we're basically saying, Jesus, you're not enough. You're not enough to fill this part of my life. The second school of, of thought from this, minister, the, from this manager, it put him, it, 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 his, his thought is quite common to what we just talked about, right? The master isn't back yet. He loses his patience. He indulges in his fleshly desires. And what happens? Instead of acting like a servant, even though he's a ma- manager, he is still a servant. He's still under his master, right? He used to know what he was supposed to do. There's a reason why, like I said before, he got to this position. He becomes his own master. He no longer is serving and doing what his actual master is telling him to do. He becomes his own master and start doing his own things. He then takes control of his own life. He allows his impatience to turn to over to things that he's not supposed to be doing. He's abandoned the discipline that got him to be a manager in the first place. And this brings it back to us, though. If we're living for ourselves, how can we be living as a faithful servant to our master? How can we be living as a servant of Christ if we are indulging in our fleshly desires as well? Those two things cannot coexist. You can't have two different masters. The Bible says that elsewhere as well. You cannot serve two masters. You are either serving Christ or you're going to serve sin. You're either going to serve Christ or you're going to serve the world, right? That Those are the two things that we have the choice. We need to choose to put Christ over everything else. We need to choose him instead of our flesh. And I think it's time for us to wake up as Christians. It's time for us to to act like the example of the manager who is continuing to be responsible, who is using his gifts that he has been given and using them for Christ. We need to be using the gifts that we have been given for Christ, and we we need to be continuing to follow him day after day after day. Where are you at in your life right now? What type of servant have you been like up to this point? Have you been serving Christ with all of your heart, fulfilling the purposes that he has placed on your life? He's called you to things and you're doing those things because you know that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're fighting against sin and the temptations that come into your life on a daily basis because life is difficult. We have temptations. Or have you been like the impatient manager? It's been a while that we've been waiting for Jesus to come back and so you took things into your own hands. Instead of fighting against temptation, you go into it with barely any fight at all because you're exhausted at this point. Really ask yourself this, how how faithful have I been and what kind of servant will I be? You can make that decision right now. Maybe you have been like the impatient serv- uh, servant you can make that decision to turn that around and become like the patient one, to be serving God to the fullest capabilities that you have. You all have gifts. Every single one of us has been given a gift. I believe we tell we we teach this in our in our XP path, right? We teach that everybody is a 10 in some area. And I truly believe that no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, everybody is good at something. We've all been given a gift. Are you using it for the glory of God? I know that this life isn't easy. And I know that sometimes we do become impatient because we are humans. But I encourage you today, stay strong. Continue staying strong. The final thing that I want to talk about before we end here today is am I ready to give? Am I ready to give? Listen, there's a lot to dissect here at the end of these verses. And I'm not gonna dive into everything because there's a lot. The master is coming back at an unexpected time. What happens to the manager that isn't expecting him? There's why it seems like there's more punishment for some and less for others. And I can actually answer those questions, but that's not the point that I'm trying to make right here. That's not the point that I'm trying to make right now, okay? We've all been giving something from God. What will you do with the knowledge and the gifts that you have been given? With what we've been given, more is going to be expected of you. And without diving too much into the how much part, like how much is expected of me, I want you to know this, remember this, there is something expected from each of us, no matter who you are. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter where you come from, we are expected to be ready for Christ to return. Delayed, not delayed, tomorrow, a hundred years from now, no matter when it is, we need to be ready for his return. So what are you willing to give while you're waiting for him? I wanted to read this quote. It's from somebody named Dr. Ralph F. Wilson. and. If you, if you hear anything from the, this this sermon today, if you hear anything, I want you to listen to this. I hope it encourages you and I hope it helps you to understand this. He says this about these verses. He says, you too desire for God to use you. You have received much from the master and it is now in your hands to do with it what you can, to prepare for his coming. You fall short, you too fail, but... You do not quit. You do not give up. Neither do you allow yourself to fall into self-indulgence and luxury. Instead, you seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Your heart is on the Lord, and he is leading you to do something important for him. My dear fellow servants, I encourage you, as I encourage myself with the words of Christ, be dressed and be ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. Be watching for him. Even if he is delayed, don't fall asleep. Be a faithful and wise manager. Feed the servants under your care. God has given you much. Be worthy of that sacred trust he has in you. And that's my prayer for you today. I challenge you today to take a look, a really close look at your life. Make changes where changes need to be made. Do you see yourself in your life right now? Do you see yourself drifting as you are waiting for the return of Christ? Do you see yourself being like that impatient manager where you're saying, And it's taken a really long time for him to get back. This life is really, really difficult. So I'm gonna start taking things into my own hands. And even if you're not intentionally thinking about that, I think that sometimes as humans, that that thought process, we continue to do that even if we don't think so. Really take a look at your life. Have you been living like that? Or have you been living like the patient manager? the one that's continuing to do the work that he has been. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that we need to be absolutely perfect, okay? We are humans. We are imperfect people. We are gonna deal with temptation. We're gonna deal with sin until the day that we are justified and we're standing in front of the Father, okay? It is a very real thing. But I do believe that we, continue, we can continue to get better and better and better. It's the process of sanctification as we go toward, to the point of being justified. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back at an unexpected time. My question for you is, are you ready? Are you ready for him to come back? Listen, there's probably a lot of people today that are, I think that sometimes we think we're more ready than we actually are. If we truly look at our lives, if I truly look at my life and I truly look at the things that I've done in the past or the things that I've been doing, how I've been living my life, have I truly been living for him? We need to make those changes, like I said, where those changes need to be made. Maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, but you know that your life hasn't been quite on the right path as of late. You haven't been doing the things that he's asked you to do. Maybe today's a day where you step forward and you say, you know what? Today is the day I'm making that change. I'm no longer going to be like that impatient head servant. I'm gonna be more like the patient one. I'm gonna continue to live after you because it is worth it. We talked about a few weeks ago how those that are continuing to live for him, that they will be blessed when he comes back, that he will actually serve us when we come back. (laughs) Jesus is something else, okay? He is our master, but he is gonna come back and we are going to be blessed. Make that switch today. Make that change today. You have that ability to do so. Maybe some of you, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart right now. I want you to know. Be ready. I don't know when he's coming back. He could come back in the next few moments. He could come back in 50 years. I I do not know. I do think that the time is soon. I I honestly think that he will come back in a lot of our lifetimes. I don't know if that's true or not. The Bible says that it's an unexpected thing. We don't know when he's going to come back, but he is going to come back. And I encourage you, be ready. Accept him into your life. Accept Jesus into your life. It is the most fulfilling and most important thing that you could ever do. To put yourself in a place where you know that you are secure in your eternity that you are securely in his arms. And I promise you, Jesus, he is enough. He is enough. You have the opportunity right now, maybe you need to rededicate your life, but you also have the opportunity right now to accept Jesus Christ for the first time into your life, believing that he died on the cross, believing that he rose from the dead, believing that if you accept him, that you will be with him for all of eternity. Believe in that today. Believe that he is your savior. Make that decision. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I give you praise right now. I thank you that you have chosen us to be your servant. What a great honor it is to be able to serve the king of kings, to be able to serve the Lord of lords, and that you love us so, so dearly. So God, right now, I pray that you would help us to make that decision in our lives, to be more like the patient head servant, to be like the one where we are continuing to serve you, to be more like the one that is waiting, but we are continuing to do our best to do what it is that you have called us to do. God, I pray that when temptation, when sin does enter into the picture, Father, that we would resist it, that we would have the willpower to resist it. But not only would that we would resist it, Lord, but that we can, if, if there's people that are entangled in it, even currently right now, God, give them a way out. Your word has told us there is a way out of it. And I pray, God, that we would take that way out that if there are people today that are not fighting, that are not resisting against it, Father, that today they would stand up and they would recognize that it is something that is destroying their lives and that they would stand against it and that they would start fighting. We need that in our lives, Lord. We need you so bad. And so Father, help us today. I thank you once again for all that you've done for us. And I thank you that you've given us these words to be able to meditate on, to be able to think about them, to be able to pray about them. And I thank you that you have given us direction and guidance in our lives. We give you praise, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Boz, for that message. Thank you for also leading us into A time where we, you know, if there are people out there that didn't know Christ, you led us into a time where people could actually accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. So if you did that, if you decided, you know, today's the day I'm going to figure out who God is. Today's the day I'm actually going to find out, is Jesus actually real? Is this guy really God? Do I really want to follow him? And you decided, I want to follow him. Or maybe you're still not sure, but you want to figure it out. First of all, I want to say awesome congratulations because this will be the best day of your life, making this decision and pursuing Jesus. And if you did make that so- that decision, please let us know in chat because we would love to celebrate with you because I, once again, we think it's the best thing you could have ever done. Um, and then also make sure you reach out to us because we would love to help you with whatever you need help with now that you've made this decision so congrats to all of those whether it's live or you're watching this later it doesn't matter when we are just so excited that you have chosen to chase after the most amazing king who is worthy of our service and i really believe that this message was it's good it definitely makes us check our hearts and i think it doesn't have to be overly complicated either it's just basically giving up your own personal agenda and desires and being willing for gods so even recognizing that you yourself are not a god it's not all about you it's not waking up every day saying what do i want to do today it's waking up every day and saying god what do you want to do through me today and No matter what you're doing, just being available to what God might be doing in the lives of those that you're around. Um, So, yeah, I think it's always a really good thing to check if we are self-motivated or if we are servant-motivated. And I think it's so cool to think, you know, I love um, um, the Chronicles of Narnia and thinking of God as like Aslan, this lion, this this king that is truly worthy of our service, because I would, I would totally serve him. I'd be like, "What do you need? I will go do it for you." Um, so I don't know if that helps you also in thinking of it that way, but that's what I love to do because it it makes service seem less mundane. It really is a mission for our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So again, if you accepted, follow Jesus. Congratulations. We have a couple of next steps, is what we like to call it. What are my steps now that I've decided this? So our next step would be to fill out the connect form. So exclamation point connect in the chat, fill that out. We will reach out to you and we can connect and go from there. Um, Another thing you can do is water baptism. I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but baptism is a great way to publicly declare to everyone that you are willing to follow Jesus. And it is something he himself did. And we like to follow the footsteps of Jesus. So exclamation point baptism in the chat to get a link to sign up for that. Um, And then we also have our XP path. This is a four week class that we set up. Go ahead and exclamation point XP path in the chat to get a link to sign up for that. And this is a great way to do one of our core values, which is discover your purpose to partner with us in making a difference. Um, And so these are always after first service, if you have time then to do those. Um, And if you're in XP path, this is your reminder, don't forget about them, always make sure to come to them. If you miss one, no big deal, you can come to the next. So um, yeah, if you're interested, be sure, sign up for those. And then we are going to enter a time of offering and giving at this time. So all of what we do here at God Squad Church, trying to reach people for Jesus, trying to tell others that God really does exist and he has so much for us. This is not possible without you and your generous giving. So first I want to say thank you so much for those of you who have been giving to us. And then if you would like the opportunity to partner with us in this way, there are a couple of safe and secure ways that you can do that. You can go to our website. I mean, all the options are down here. Basically go to our website, GodSquadChurch.com slash giving. If you want to go straight there, um, you can click on the panel below or you can text this number. Feel free to pull out your phone right now and text 84321 any amount. And that will sub- start giving you prompts to give. And so you can become we like to call this our waymaker initiative because you are making a way for other people to grow closer to God. So if you want to become a waymaker, this is the way to do that. Um thank you so much for becoming a waymaker. We have partnered alongside you. I give to this church as well because I believe in its mission and we believe it is a mission from God. So, thank you so much for your generous giving.